April has some big tests for title-chasing Arsenal. They visit their rivals, Manchester City. They go to relegation-threatened and desperate West Ham. And they take on a completely unpredictable Chelsea. But before all of that, a trip to face Liverpool. The Reds appear to be a fading force, but Arsenal's recent history is littered with calamitous trips to Anfield. Will Sunday be any different? I'm Kevin Hatchard, and this is Football Only Better. Nothing calamitous about my top tipping team, starting with Mark O'Hare. Mark, Arsenal do have a certain margin for error in this title race, but this is a really good marker of where they're at, isn't it? It is, yeah. Um, there is a very small window of margin for error, if you like. Nine games to play. You mentioned some of those matches they still have to play. The decisive one, obviously, is, is going away to Man City, uh, which the market assumes they will lose. But they also have these difficult trips, not just to Anfield, but to Newcastle as well. So you would assume, or I would assume, that those three games will dictate how their season ends. But you get the sense that Man City are starting to put their foot down, find their range a little bit, particularly in that second half against Liverpool last weekend. They were exemplary, really. Um, beat Arsenal at home, win their game in hand. The gap is two points and the margin for error, therefore, is is very slim for Arsenal. And as you say, their recent record at Anfield, six successive league defeats here. They've conceded three or more goals on each occasion. Um you know, it's it's concerning, um, but they're in a great position. They they obviously in, in the best position of any of the teams, even Man City. So, um, yeah, they will go to Liverpool in confident mood. Seven wins on the spin since beat it, since losing to City. They scored three or more goals in six of those as well. Just three Premier League defeats all season. The best away record by a distance. William Saliba, the only sort of major casualty, which is a blow. Um, but of course, football isn't that straightforward. And um, you say Liverpool have been uh, unpredictable. They've been erratic at the best of times. It's not easy to try and assess Liverpool. We know where they're at right now, but we know that their, their top level is as good as any, not just in, in the Premier League, but probably across Europe. But their, their bottom level, we've seen quite a few times more often than their top level so far this season. And, you know, Klopp seemed quite pleased with the performance in midweek against Chelsea, but I think everyone could see that they were, yeah, they were, they were second best and quite fortunate not to concede very early on and, and lose that match. So, the difference being this is at Anfield and they are a different animal at Anfield. Man City lost here. Man United were demolished here. Newcastle were beaten here. They've won five of the last six home league games and they haven't conceded a home league goal since the 30th of December, which is you know over seven and a half hours worth of, of league football. So I've actually got Liverpool ranked second on expected points at Anfield this season. And the home XG figures in terms of going forward aren't far off Man City levels at the Etihad which kind of goes to show how Jekyll and Hyde their season has been and how good they can be at Anfield. So it's that inconsistent nature, really, that kind of makes not just them hard to trust, but also Arsenal, I think, at the prices. Arsenal going to Anfield as reasonably firm favourites here um, hasn't happened often, at least in the last decade or two. So I think Liverpool have the ability to rise to the occasion, despite their sort of downward trajectory. And that's what scares me about backing anything pro-Arsenal in this match. I've been burnt backing... Man City and Man United-based bets um, at Anfield this season. Um, I don't want to do the same again, to be honest. Um, I'm, I'm just unwilling to sort of back Arsenal at those prices as favourites. I believe they should be favourites. Of course, they should be. But uh, what the market finds hard to kind of assimilate is 
is how good Liverpool can be or how good Liverpool could be if they do turn up and it all goes their way. So I found the the one x two the handicaps quite quite tricky. If I really had to be involved, I probably would back Liverpool plus a quarter on the Asian handicap at around one point eight five. It requires Arsenal to win uh, for you not to make money on that selection, which I think is is quite appealing, uh, despite the two teams kind of going in different directions. Um, but if I was to be involved in this match, I would want to see the team sheets because Klopp's made some some strange choices and with team selection in the last couple of weeks since the international Is that break, with this but, in uh, mind, though, do you think? Do you think he rested all those players against Chelsea with this Arsenal game in mind, maybe? I think so, but... Um, I thought the decision to to, to drop or, or to rest Mo Salah midweek was was the most surprising of the bunch because I thought he played reasonably well at, at Man City last weekend. So yeah, perhaps. But um, you know, Liverpool aren't going anywhere in the league. You know, we, we know that now after after failing to to beat uh, Chelsea in midweek or, or even get that result at Man City either. So uh, maybe he is putting his all all his eggs in this basket. But I, I don't really know why. Why would you want to beat Arsenal at home more so than, than Chelsea midweek or even Man City last? Week? I don't know. But player wise. Um, the bet that stood out to me was a, a bet builder involved in sort of Fabinho to make two or more fouls and Darwin Nunes to have a shot on target, which comes in around seven to four, which did appeal to me. Fabinho has been a, a foul machine in recent weeks. Seven of his last 11 starts, he's made at least two fouls. He's been carded. In Your favourite type seven. of player, isn't it, Mark? Oh, yeah, especially foul in, in his current form. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, he's been lucky not to be very guarded in some of those matches too because of the collection of, of fouls he's given away. And as we know, Darwin's been a bit of a shot machine since uh, coming into the team and, and making his starts up front. Uh, another two midweek against Chelsea. He's had a shot on target now in nine of his last 10 starts as well. So, um, yeah, I give Liverpool a puncher's chance here. Maths master Mark Stinchkin with us once again. Stinch, Liverpool 10 points off the top four now. And since they hammered Manchester United 7-0, they've collected just one point in three games. Maybe Mark's right. Maybe they need to take that this is Anfield sign everywhere they go and just kind of put it up above the tunnel just to fool them as they go out. Because it is remarkable the difference between the home performances and the performances on the road. Yeah, I think uh, Mark's sort of getting to at the Anfield factor that could play a part in the match, but I'm a little bit more. I don't think it's a. I don't think it's a big deal because I, I think the driving factor here should be yes, Liverpool are erratic, but more so this is Liverpool's third tough game in eight days compared to Arsenal having the week off and take on board the the resting of Salah and, and Robertson, for example. But that midfield was the same midfield in terms of Henderson, Fabinho again against Chelsea. And if that's the best midfield and that's the best they can do, which is concede chance after chance, what are they going to do against Arsenal? Bring in Milner, for example, bring in, you know, Oxlade Chamberlain or, or Naby Keita. I don't see Fabinho and Henderson starting again, but then I don't know what else they do. So I think Liverpool very vulnerable here. But that is reflected in the odds. Arsenal are, uh, you know, Seven to five faves at Anfield. It's been a long time, as Mark mentions, given their record at Anfield that they've been that price. But I definitely think trying to find a way to be with Arsenal just because of the fitness factor in my mind is 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 the way to go. But again, I wouldn't want to commit to to back in Arsenal in in any form because I think the market's already um, you know got us covered in, in that sense that you know I say they are they are they are favourites here. So, yeah, I was looking again at some sort of uh, Arsenal-favoured bet builder um, to get onside. I do think they will have chances. I think 
Um, we've mentioned before that the only reason Liverpool probably even, even in with a fighter's chance of top four and not maybe where Chelsea are is because of Allison. Um, you know, we saw again in in midweek if he doesn't save uh, Havertz's shot, for example, the first one that definitely is a goal. Um, it's only that it rebounded and hits him on the arm that's disallowed. And there's just been numerous examples of that. I definitely think as well, probably there's maybe a bit of a fear factor when players go through and see that it's Allison. You know, Kovacic's chance, for example, you'd expect him to score. The second one, particularly. Uh, and the first one, he did the hard work, still couldn't score. Uh, and then also, yeah, I mean, uh, Van Dyke was uh, ill. I don't know if he'll be back for this one, but he's been, you know, average at best, I would say, this season. You know, we saw him for Netherlands uh, against France. They were given a torrid time there as well. Uh, Joel Matip seems to have sort of won a, I don't know, a lucky dip to play for Liverpool this season. Some of his decision-making, just he just seems to be there for a laugh. Um, even Kanate, for Kovacic's, Kovacic's chance in the first half, just dangled a sort of a back-heel leg. You know, what? what it's not a way to clear the ball. Yes, he had, he made up for it with his clearance to, to stop Kovacic on the, on the second phase. But yeah, I think Liverpool all at sea defensively so but they look a bit frazzled right is it it's a whole we've said this all season haven't we it's a whole team thing isn't it because if you haven't got the intensity to press in the way they normally would suddenly defenders are being asked to do stuff they haven't had to do for Liverpool Van Dijk's a perfect example of that he can look very serene and nobody gets past him and all this stuff if all the work's going on ahead of him but it's such a car crash in midfield and, and the press up front that actually he's got way more to do than usual. Maybe they've been found out a bit. Yeah, I think I, I think if, if without spending too long going too deep, but I think it's probably a knock-on effect of the 60-plus games last season yeah, and everybody, be, everybody being a year older, um, essentially. Um, a lack of uh, sort of reinvestment in that central midfield area because... That midfield area is not there to score goals or provide assists. It's basically there to cover like almost like every inch of the grass so you can allow the fullbacks to play like wingers, so you can allow the front three to play as three unorthodox strikers, if you like. Um, and they've just not been functioning in a way that the defence is protected. And, you know, we see expected goals against figures, for example, drastically be be down at the bottom, almost relegation, uh, if you like. So it's no surprise, really, that um, the defenders maybe do look uh, unsettled when they don't have the protection that they were probably once used to and you know Fabinho's I think Fabinho's still sub 30 but I think he's sort of looking more like 35 rather than you know under under 30 and, and Henderson um, you know I think for example Henderson should might sound a bit a bit over the top but I think he should have scored when uh, Kepper made a mistake but it was such a weak effort with his left foot and I just think that encapsulates the, the lack of energy the, the lack of drive that they've got because because of the the long season last season, and yeah, as I say, this is the third tough game in a week. So yeah, I was looking, trying to find some pro Arsenal, um, and I, I didn't, I say, I didn't really want to back Arsenal, but I wanted to back some of their more offensive players. Um, you know, they their their front four, if you like, if I expect it to be Jesus, Martinelli, Odegaard, and, and Saka, they share around a lot of goals and a lot of assists. So I tried to find somebody that was that was kind of more standout in that area, and I thought Odegaard to have a shot on target, eight to eleven seem fairly decent to me uh, he's averaging uh, just under one shot on target per game and as I say that Liverpool back line is giving opposition chances and, and decent chances as well and he's obviously been very good at finding the target and then uh, Bakaya Saka um, 
in terms it wasn't offensively I wanted to mention but his, his defensive work he actually commits um, over one foul per game which rises uh, to nearly two 1.6 away from home and I expect Robertson to be restored to the starting lineup so I think he'll have a lot of tracking back to do um, so Saka foul was quite high compared to the other Arsenal uh, players so I thought doubling those two bets up you could get five to four and I think that's quite a pro Arsenal angle and also sort of game state like uh, when Arsenal attack you can kind of cheer on Odegaard to shoot and when they're defending you can kind of cheer on Saka maybe to break up play so uh, I think it is a tough game maybe to to ascertain the sort of value in the main markets I mean overs is, is around about four to seven um, you just can't trust Liverpool front line uh, maybe to, to contribute as they as they have done you know I think chalk and cheese beating United 7-0 and then losing 1-0 at Bournemouth uh, it's difficult to trust and Arsenal on the road this season have been quite good defensively so yeah I think it's a tough one in the main markets our sparkling new signing tipster and trader Brian McDonnell is in the starting side Brian if Arsenal win this that feels hugely significant doesn't it for the title race it does yeah um, and as an Arsenal fan um, I, I really hope we can get the win this weekend but it's as, as Mark sort of said earlier on it's going to come down to that sort of Man City away game and then the the Newcastle game as well. Like I think people talk about an, an, an Arsenal crumble. Um, I think Man City could win every single game and go on to win the league. And, you know, if Arsenal win it, win all their games except for Man City and maybe that Newcastle away game, it's, it's not going to be a crumble. And in terms of this game, Anfield, as you said in the intro, Kev, it's not a happy hunting ground for Arsenal. If you look at the last four times they visited Anfield, their sportsbook prices were 5-1, to 5-1, to 5-1 and 13-2. to Um they have been matched at 345 for this one. They're in to 248 now. Do I want to back a team at 248 at Anfield who've only lost, uh, Liverpool only lost once there all season? Probably not. Um, you guys touched upon in the last week's show that Liverpool are like two different teams home and away this season. Um, they're 12th in the away table after a point at Stamford Bridge during the week, but third in the, in the home table with just that one loss. Arsenal have looked very comfortable in their away games this season, though, as well. They have blown teams away. You think back to Brentford earlier on this season. Brentford have only lost one game at home this season, and that was 3-0 to Arsenal. Fulham a couple of weeks ago, Arsenal, you know, they're having a great season. Arsenal go over and run through them 3-0 as well. And and, and those are the teams that are sort of around Liverpool in the, in the table at the moment. Um, Arsenal's away fixtures I, I, this one is quite similar to the, the record that they had at uh, at Tottenham as well the North London Derby a fixture where generally the home team has won over the past couple of years Arsenal hadn't won away to Tottenham in the league since um, 2014 um, but they go over and, and, and they win at White Hart Lane 2-0 and what was a brilliant first half maybe on the ropes a bit in the second half but you know they started on the front foot there which is rare for an Arsenal team away from home over the past couple of years even at Old Trafford earlier on in the season I know they lost um, but they they control that game for large periods, and even in the FA Cup tie away to to Man City as well, they they lost, but they definitely had a, a more of a foothold on that game where than they have in, in in recent years. So, you know, I can't see any fear in this Arsenal team. It's it's the youngest squad in the league. Uh, it doesn't look like they're playing with any fear. The likes of Odegaard, Martinelli, Saka, they never look like they're playing under any pressure. Trossard has come in and, and he's improved the team, you know, right from the word go. He, he, he's hit the round, ground running. Seven assists already for him at Arsenal. It, it could have been very different if Mudger came in instead. You know, we've seen him struggle with confidence uh, uh, at Stamford Bridge. 
Trossard has already scored a hat-trick at Anfield as well this season when, when playing for Brighton before the World Cup. It'll be interesting to see if, if he starts this one. Probably not with Saka, you'd imagine, coming back into the team after being um, left out last week. Liverpool, they, they made some changes midweek against Chelsea. I, I thought they were, were quite poor. They offered very little going forward. They very lucky to get a come away from Stamford Bridge with a point. I think Jurgen Klopp said it was one of their best performances of the season. I think that might have been a, a, a bit tongue-in-cheek. Um, they've just been very inconsistent this year. It must be very frustrating to be a Liverpool fan. Um, you know, you beat Man United one week 7-0 and then you go and lose to to Bournemouth the following week. Um, so it wouldn't be, a, you know, the biggest surprise in the world if, if, if they managed to get a result against Arsenal at home, considering their home form. Arsenal deservedly favourites. It they're too short for me to back. Um, so looking at a sort of a, a bet builder figure, I am going to, or a bet builder selection, I am going to go with sort of something Arsenal centric as well. I know Mark was mentioning the, the front four there, Odegaard, Saka, uh, Martinelli and Jesus. I'm having a look at a bit of a bigger price um, at Granit Xhaka. Now I know he's, uh, he's playing in a more advanced role this season. So I'm looking at him to score or assist. Um, He's four goals and one assist in his last five games for club and country. And you can see every time he picks up the ball to sort of outside the box, he's he always has his head up. He's looking for that clipped ball to Jesus at the back post to get his his um his head on it. It, it, it happened a couple of times earlier on in the season before the World Cup. Hasn't worked out so many times with, with Eddie and Ketty in the squad, but I think Xhaka, any any time he's around the box, he'll be looking for that ball into the into Jesus or he can have a strike as well. So I'm going with Xhaka to score or assist, which is around three point six on uh, on on the sports book. So lots of bet builder suggestions for you to get your teeth into. And this weekend, you can claim a completely free £2 bet on bet builders on any Premier League game. Maximum one free bet per customer. T's and C's in the description. 18 plus C gambleaware.org. We're going to whiz around Europe now. Let's head to the Netherlands, shall we? Uh, Stinch, you've got a game from the Eredivisie title race, potentially. Yeah, I mean, it should be a, a comfortable win for, for Ajax based on the odds there. They're 1-10 uh, to 10 to win against Fortuna Sittard. But I, I think they have an issue defensively, which we, we talked about a few weeks ago when they played against um, Feyenoord in the potential title race. Um, and their susceptibility to conceding goals was for all to see in that game where they, they shipped three at home. They played uh, they played final again um, on Wednesday night in the in the cup um, where they won three uh, one but it's it marred by crowd trouble. I think it had to be stopped twice and I think there could be a knock on effect on on the weekend with that sort of extra energy exerted. Um, but in terms of the season as a whole, uh, obviously we're there on a Johnny Heitinger now. He's only been in charge of those since since this year. But sixty seven percent of their games are seeing both teams to score this season, and they're coming up. Against against uh, Fortuna Sittard team who are sort of both teams to score specialists uh, away from them. 85% of their their games have, have landed this season and uh, if you look at sort of the pure numbers in terms of games scored in, Ajax have scored 93% of their games and Fortuna very healthy at 78%. Uh, but the key for me here is, you know, Ajax have only kept clean sheets in 33% of their games this season. So I think 1-10 one, one to 10 is, is rather short really on, on them winning. Um, and I think I really think Fortuna can trouble them because uh, if you look at Fortuna against the bigger teams this season, they've scored 
at least two against all of Feyenoord, PSV and in the reverse against Ajax. Um, so I'm looking at both teams to score here at 10 to 11 because it only needs them to score one and I think they're more than capable of, of contributing. If you only want to back them, you can actually, it's actually probably a better bet. It's just a back fortune to score at five to six uh, and then you're not bothered about anything else happening. So actually that one's the better bet. Um, and for those that don't follow them too closely, they are led by 37-year-old legend Burak Yilmaz who, uh, who can always be good for a goal let's take it to La Liga massive battle in the relegation scrap Almeria against Valencia Brian this could be a really intriguing game yeah nice place to go this time here in the Mediterranean um, as you said a big uh, relegation battle 17th placed Valencia travel to Almeria 19th um, in the relegation race, it's nearly as exciting as in the Premier League. There's only four points separating Sevilla in 13th down to Almeria in, in 19th with um, Elche could have, could have drift at the bottom. So two teams who'll be fighting for their lives. They're level on points. Goal difference has Valencia out of the relegation zone for now. But the reason I'm going for uh, I'm going for a home win in this one, uh, Almeria, it's just their, their home record in the La Liga compared to Valencia's away record. 23 out of Almeria's 27 points this season have come at home. They're up in seventh in the home table with seven wins and, and, and two draws from their 14 home league games this season. And similarly, it's it's the uh, other end of the spectrum for Valencia. Sorry, it's the same for Valencia. Most of their points have come at home for them as well. They've only six points on their travels uh, in games away from home this season. Since the World Cup break, Valencia have lost all six of their away league games and they haven't scored a single goal in any of those six games. Um, and Maria have drawn their last two games. Their last home game was a 1-1 draw with Cadiz where they had 2.7 XG. So they can consider... That game was amazing. That was one of my favourite games of the season. It was just chaos. It was a relegation scrap and they just went for each other. It was amazing. It was very, very unlucky, Amri, not to come out with, with, with the win there. They, they did create you know, uh, the majority of the chances. They've... Beaten Barcelona at home as well towards the end of February. So it's prices over 3.0 on the exchange to win. And, and I'm just going to go with a bit of insurance on the sort of draw no bet angle or zero on the Asian handicap. You're getting over evens as well around 2.2. Um, so that looks like a fine play for me for Almeria to, to beat Valencia. And off to Liga. Of course we're off to Liga uh, with Marco Hare. Yeah, it's uh, it's a little circumstantial this this selection, but it's also based on two teams going in different trajectories as well. Um, happy to back Montpellier to beat Toulouse at two point one five on the exchange. Uh, they've been enjoying quite a, a decent revival under Mikhail De Zakarian, um, a former manager who's gone back to his post there. Um, they've got plenty of offensive threats. We've talked about on previous podcasts. They always look too good to go down, but. Um, you know, he's been a good fit for that club down the years and he's moved them up to 11th, 11 points clear of the drop. Um, their form, five wins from seven unbeaten games, includes three wins from four at home. The draws in that sample came at Marseille and Lons. Um, they're getting wins over all of their bottom eight opposition under the Zakarian. Um, and yeah, they're in a good place right now. Toulouse, less so. Um, they are a newly promoted club. They've been a breath of fresh air under Philippe Montagnier this season, playing very exciting forward-thinking football. But their league campaign has almost been kind of put on hold, really, because they're involved in a French Cup semi-final on Thursday night. Uh, they're taking on second-tier Annecy. So it's a, it's a huge opportunity for them to reach only their second-ever Coupe de France final. Um, so all the expectation, all the pressure is on them on Thursday night. And they've been putting a lot of focus into that game. It's definitely distracted them in, in terms of their league form. Five defeats in six. Their only win in that sample came against Angers, who we know are horrendous. They've considered twice or more in four of those five losses as well. Now, were they to beat NSE? Um, obviously, there'll be some sort of celebration uh, or kickback from that. 
But were they to lose, there's going to be a hugely despondent mood ahead of Sunday's trip as well. So I think irrespective of what happens on Thursday night, Montpellier are a great bet here because Toulouse are distracted. Um, they're still not completely clear of the relegation zone, so they can't just throw this match. But um, judging by their recent performances, they're very vulnerable. Well, that's all we have time for on this edition of Football Only Better. Please do remember to gamble responsibly. Lots of other quality shows on the Betfair network, including Golf Only Better, Cricket Only Better, and two racing shows, you lucky people. Racing Only Better and, indeed, the Wade In podcast. From Brian, from Stinch, from Mark, and from me, it's goodbye for now.